When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, or ho, 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 as Hope told me to say. And Merry Christmas to you all. Hello, welcome back to Sports Anomies Episode 4 of this wicked podcast now if you're new around here this is the podcast for you whether you know anything or nothing about sports my name is Lewis and I'm joined by Hope every week and we're going to wrap up the three biggest sporting stories of the week everything from niche sports all the way up to the biggest drama and gossip of the week but to start with Hope how are you doing on this cold cold Sunday afternoon the World Cup final is happening ho 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 to you um we're wearing our Christmas jumpers way for anyone on YouTube Go on, Hope, give us a proper demo. We, we need to see it. This is some reindeers, a tree. It's green. It's got some snow. Situation. Like Sorry, I was like grabbing my boobs while I'm doing that. Uh, there you go. And what's yours? I've got the Liverpool jumper on the last Christmas where we actually won the Club World Cup, which is Champions del Mundo, so Champions of the World. I like that jumper. Yeah, it's good. I, I like the Spork crossover. Yeah, of course. I had to get a Liverpool-based jumper, of course. And actually, it's a load of fun. So there you go. So I thought we said to Hope, or I said to Hope, sorry, we didn't. There's not more than one of me. Um, I said to Hope that we we're going to do a Christmas sure? jumper day for a bit of fun. No, there might not be. I don't know. Well, actually, <laughs> yeah, what happened, what really happened, if we're being totally honest, is that I rocked up in my pyjamas and Lewis went, are you wearing pyjamas? And I said, oh, yeah, is that a problem? <laughs> well, <laughs> and he went, well, I'm well, wearing my Christmas jumper. I went, well, I'll put mine on then if my pyjamas are in the No, I, I thought it'd be nice to kind of like go matching. Otherwise, it turns into, are you wearing this on that? And then you get, you know, it just wasn't worth the hassle. Anyway, um, Hope's got a bit of a cough. So, I Hope, have got a bit of a cough. I'm going to try and pull myself, like, the silence my cough on my special equipment. <laughs> uh, but if I, <laughs> I mistime it, I do apologise. I've just been spending the morning wrapping me a presents. I've still got two to go, Lewis. It's it's hard this year, you know. Mm. I'm struggling. I've got my brother-in-law to get or, and my mum. Or, or buying? Buying. I found it really hard to think of presents for people. How about you? Do you know what? My presence actually this year, this has been one of my most successful years, to be fair. Yeah, oh, um, in terms of <laughs> sorry. But although, no, to be fair, like, I've done badly before. The only thing I will say is my wrapping this year has been abysmal. So there you go. I'm not very good at wrapping, so I'm not very skilled at that. So you just sort of hope for the best. Hope is done, and I'm sure she'll show us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm amazing. For those for those listening on the podcast, Hope has perfectly wrapped her presents with a bow around them as well. It looks amazing. Whereas mine This is for my, my niece. She's got four presents. Four? Yeah. 
God, Auntie Hope treating. Only one of them's a tube of Smarties because we were looking through a catalogue from Audi the other day. Right. Like, it just just to distract her for a minute, I saw this catalogue. I was like, oh, let's have a look at this. And she went, I want them. So I got her some Smarties. I want them. Um, no, it's been, to be fair, Hope, my morning was probably more eventful than yours in the, right, this is funny for anyone listening. So I lost my iPhone in my house. So I lost my phone, right? Now, iPhone have, it's ridiculous. iPhone have this clever feature where you go and you'll find your, on iCloud, you find my phone or whatever, and it makes a ping sound. Anyway, it wasn't working, wasn't working, wasn't working. I searched the house top to bottom and couldn't find anywhere. Eventually, 45 minutes after the ping, the, 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 the first ping, I finally found my phone because it, it, there's weird connection. I don't know. I'm, again, a bit of a tech dinosaur and I don't really care. So it, all that stuff just confuses me. Anyway, <laughs> I, I clicked the button and it worked in the end. I found my phone. It was wedged. So I have a, I've got a chair. It was wedged in between the chair. And because it's red, the light was hitting on it. You couldn't actually see it. So it was basically invisible. So I, again, that was my morning, which was absolutely wasted. Um, trying to find my phone. So that's literally what I've been up to. Well, that's better than your dog taking it and taking it in its bed or something. I hope I actually, I honestly, I'm not bantering with you. I got to the point where I genuinely thought <laughs> it'd gone down the toilet. I was at the point where I was yeah. going, have I, what did I put in the dishwasher? You know, you, you are start asking questions that shouldn't be asked. Anyway, got there in the end, it was all I'm fine. I'm glad you found um, it. Thank you. Yes, no, it, it was all okay. But yeah. Before so, we jump into the stories, can I just say, I know something that's happening on the 22nd. Yes, go and talk to me. Liverpool are playing Man City for the Caribou Cup. <laughs> I love the fact you call it Caribou Cup. That, that, that makes me laugh. What? We are. It's, like it's Carabao because Boo is B O U. Oh, well, my dad says Caribou, like he says Harry Boo. So I've obviously inherited that. Harry I Boo? What? Well, not. You yeah, don't say I know. Harry I, always, I always call him out on it. He says Harry Boo. And I'm like, Dad, it's Harry Boo. What, what on earth are you saying? Harry Boo. We're going to eat Harry Boo. Is that that's like... a little bit like. <laughs> oh, if you come to my birthday meal, um, yes. Dad will be there. So you'll get to meet him. Story number one. We're talking about something that may you may have popped up in the news for you. This is the main story of the week, by the way, guys. For those that are listening, this will be the headline story. And then we're covering two that you may have gone, sorry, you may have missed that have gone under the radar. So story number one. We're talking wheel, about... Wheel, wheel, wheel. That's the radar. <laughs> Looking up the radar. We're talking about Mr. Gareth Southgate. I know what you're going to say. Go on, talk to me. FA have said he's going to continue being the manager. Correct, Amunda, that is right. So the FA confirms Gareth Southgate is staying as England manager. There was, of course, speculation over his future when he, um, yeah, when England got knocked out when we bowed out against uh, France. But it looks as if, and he's, unless something dramatic happens in that meantime, he will definitely, definitely lead the three lines going into Euro 2024, which is in Germany. So the FA CEO, Mark Bullingham, stated... We are delighted to confirm that Gareth Southgate is continuing as England manager and will lead our Euro 2024 campaign. Gareth and Steve Holland, the assistant manager, have always had our full support and plan and our planning for the Euros starts now. So Hope, from the England games that you watched, I want your analysis. What did you make of it? Do you think Gareth Southgate should be in charge? We're going to give a full rundown of our thoughts and opinions. Yeah, I think Gareth Southgate, that's the right decision for him to stay because I think... I think even if there was a different manager, it would have been the same result. Yeah, absolutely. And the, for the France game, did you watch the France game when we lost? I did. And I, do you know where I watched it? I posted it on our Insta. Yes. You, um, oh, I, can't where you were. I was in Leeds at the boxing. Yes. The Josh Warrington fight. And um, Matchroom put it on the old projectors. Oh. Unbelievable. Crazy. I bet when we scored it, it was absolute scenes. I watched the game with Eddie Hearn. 
<laughs> that that is cool. What did Eddie make of it? He said that his star player, even though we lost that game, uh, was uh, Saka. Okay, I wonder, was he West Ham? But anyone that's listening in the comments, let us know. Who does Mr. Eddie Hearn support? Is he a football fan? I mean, I can oh, ask he, him next time I see him. There you go. We don't need that. Hope can just do it for us, so we'll just do that. Um, but yes, yeah, so you're right. So hope I'm going to give a rundown of. Um, Gareth Southgate and we're going to give an overall opinion because as people that may have listened to previous episodes know my opinion on Gareth Southgate prior to the tournament I did not want Gareth as manager of England right and and that has changed my opinion has changed but Ooh, I'm glad some, you're open-minded yeah with some reasoning but again we'll have to debate and we can talk about hope because it'll be interesting to hear what you think about some of these stats so it's clear obviously as we've said before probably nothing that... <laughs> what probably won't be able to understand the stats to be honest with you no, 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 they're nice, they're nice and easy, don't you worry. So it's obviously clear, as we said before, Hope, on previous episodes, that Gareth Southgate has come a long way with this squad. And it's, in terms of man and management, as we said, and I won't repeat myself l- l- time and time again, the point is he has built an amazingly, un- sorry, start again. He's built a united squad. There's no doubt about that. The team is so well integrated. Everyone's friends. You can see it. There's a real bond between the players, which well, is amazing. Well, you, you saw the headbutt or the, the head thing with Bellingham and... Uh... Yeah. What's his name? He's our player. Why don't I know his name? Let me get it. Henderson. <laughs> yeah, got it. When they've done Henderson. that head thing. Henderson. Yeah, the camaraderie, yeah. And that feeling of like... Well, that was a bit extreme, wasn't it? It was no, a bit... people oof, do that. It's more gosh. of like a... I think that's like... I don't know. It's, it's like a come on, a come on. Let's... Testosterone yeah, pumping like... <laughs> Well, yeah. So, you know, if, if you look at how, how far we've come and, and, and the way that he's moved, it's been amazing. And you think about, you know, from 2018, we got to the World Cup semi-final. 2020, we got to the Euros final. We got to the course of the World Cup this year. Now, his record, so this is Gareth Southgate's record, he's 49 wins in 81 games, which is great. That, that On paper, that they're good statistics. England... Is it? Yeah, because it's over half a win ratio. He's basically got... It's... I, I don't know. But just... No, ten wins over. No. Well, I suppose not. Not just nearly, nearly fifty like, wins. It's, it's it's come in. He is the, I believe, currently on paper with the amount of games he's played, he sits as the third or fourth most successful manager. Now I can't give exact numbers, um, but it's it's one of the two. So England has got one hundred and seventy four goals. We've conceded at fifty seven in that time. And he, we've kept forty five clean sheets in eighty one. So that means England haven't conceded a, a goal in every every two games which is amazing so every other game England haven't con- now that's a fantastic stat right that that's great um and what i will say is the the final um, sorry the court final against france we don't have to go into depth because i'm sure people will have read 100 different news articles about it but for those maybe that missed the game or that from aren't from england that maybe didn't watch it necessarily england were very unfortunate to go out and it certainly wasn't i wouldn't describe it as our fault i would say that the refereeing performance was terrible um there were then that was the real influence on the game and there were definitely some issues within the match in terms of like missing chances and just not being there in the final third there were a couple of little bits here or there but you can't fault people you know at 2-1 um Kane steps up for a penalty and misses and on any other day he scores it was just a shame that it turned out the way it did uh, and we ended up losing but the only comment that I would make hope and I would say prior to going into the tournament and I'll stop ranting in a minute I like you ranted go for it oh thanks well I like Gareth Southgate being in charge and I think it would be wrong to cut him now in terms of like just say, no, gone, get rid. It wouldn't make sense. If he walked away, different story. I'd go, okay, that's a personal choice. But it's clear that he has a vision for the squad and what he's done for this team is amazing. And again, 
on a different day, England beat France and no disrespect to Morocco because it was amazing what they did. And I was backing him the entire way. I wanted them to win after they, after they knocked Portugal out. I really wanted them to do it. This was the best, one of the best chances England will ever get at a World Cup in terms of winning it. You know, and you look at the last four in the end were Croatia, France, Morocco, Argentina. Now on paper, let's just say hypothetically it worked out the way it did. It would have gone, England would have then played Morocco, um, would have played Morocco, and then we would have played Argentina in the final. Now that's a tough final to play, of course, but in terms of a last four, that is unbelievably easy on paper. I'm not saying it would have happened, absolutely. So... You look at it like that and you go, okay, it's a shame. And actually, I do feel sorry for Gareth Southgate because actually we came so far. We played well in the tournament. There's no denying it. But the point is there are there are slight issues that I have with the squad and with things that happened. One of those is that another stat that has appeared is, so we've played, under Gareth Southgate, we've played teams ranked in the top 10 in the world on 24 occasions. Hope, I want you to guess how many wins we have out of those 24. Nine. Four. Oh dear. Which is to, to put it bluntly, that's useless. Like that that that's really poor. And no disrespect to Gareth Southgate, and that's not what I'm coming at here at all, because I'm gonna back him for the Euros and I really hope that England can succeed in the next tournament. But there is no denying that against big on the big stage against the big teams, England just don't seem to ever get over that final hurdle of doing it. We can't. And it's something about mentality. The pressure on Kane's shoulders stepping up for that penalty, it was clear. You know, I said, honestly, as soon as he put the ball down, I said he's going to miss. Hugo Lloris is his teammate. It's enormous pressure on the line. It was tough. But there are things that Gareth Southgate does that just irritate me. And I hope going into the new, the next tournament that he will um, he will rectify those issues and will make a, a changes accordingly. Like, not playing James Madison, one of our most attacking players, for one minute of the tournament. He didn't. He didn't play sixty seconds. Is is a joke? Who is he? I don't even know who that is. He's a Leicester Leicester attacking midfielder. He's got no, like. The point is, you should have said exactly. Hope. <laughs> oh no! Exactly. Hope. You're right. Exactly. He should have. There played. you go. No, See exactly. Yeah. I don't know who he is. Exactly. He should. He and should I know. I know a lot of them. See, Marcus Rashford, right? In the game against France, we were calling out for another attacker to come on, and in the eighty sixth minute, Rashford comes on. What can you expect him to do in six minutes? You know, it's stuff like that where it just, it winds me up or say four minutes plus added time. That's what irritates me is that there were just slight things that that just weren't there. But again, what England did in that tournament was fantastic and we can back him all the way. Um, I think England will go on to have a successful tournament next. I think that players like Phil Foden, Jude Bellingham, Reese James, hopefully Trent Alexander-Arnold, if he ever plays, if Gareth Southgate ever picks him, those players are going to be great in the next tournament. They're going to bud with age. They're going to really grow in that time. And hopefully we'll go into the next tournament ready to rock and roll. Um, but yeah, Hope, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Uh, two things. Who won the World Cup last year? Or last time? Who won the World Cup? France. Ah, well, sure. And secondly, um, this might be a really obvious question. No, no. But I don't know. Would you say the Euros are easier for England to win than the World Cup? Mm, great question. On well, on paper, yes, you'd you'd probably argue yes because you you're, you're not you're not going to face the likes. You're guaranteed to not face the likes of Brazil, Argentina, teams even like um, uh, Australia who turned up at the tournament and were fantastic. So technically, yes, but I'd also say no because the the amount of talent there is in Europe in terms of teams is phenomenal. And you are up against, in, in those in that quarterfinal, you're going to be playing a tough team or the semi-final. You know, chances are, say, for the next tournament, let's say it works out the way it possibly could do. England could be facing the likes of, you know, Portugal, France, Germany, 
um, Italy if they if they make it. There, there are some there are tough teams in there. So on the one hand, yes, but I, I kind of say it's a 50-50. It goes either way. It depends on who gets knocked out, who gets there. But once we get to that point, once we know the teams that are going to be in the tournament, then we can speak about it. Then we can say what we think's best. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Any thoughts or feelings on Gareth Southgate remaining, um, please let us know. Yes. Either in the comments or you can drop us an email, sportsdummiespodcast at gmail.com. Overall, Gareth Southgate in the job, yes, good. Unfortunate at the tournament, yes, very true, very sad. Next tournament, feeling ready. But one or two things need to change. Those little little tactics, the quick substitutions, changing formation, whatever. There are tiny tweaks that Gareth needs to make, in my opinion. I think England will absolutely fly. And I think at the next tournament, we are going to be a force to be reckoned with if those tiny, tiny changes can be made. Would you ever want to be a football manager? You know, I've thought about that quite a lot. And quite a lot of people have said that to me before. I would love to because I, I love tactics and I love working things out because it's like a puzzle. It's like a, it's a game, obviously. But I would. The only trouble with managing in football is that there is a very, very small percentage of people who are able to manage that don't play the game professionally. So when you look at the game sort of as a whole, majority of managers that are, are um, that are massive, that are well-known, well-renowned managers are all ex-players. Like you say, if you haven't played, I wonder if your team would respect you or what you're saying as much if you haven't been in that position than yourself. I mean, they should. Exactly. But- and hope you've got to think too with these managers. You've got to think for people who say like, if Steven Gerrard's your manager or Frank Lampard or Andre Pirlo or Xavi, whoever, all these top players, they are all shaggy, legendary then. players. <laughs> Mr. Boombastic. Shaggy. I was thinking, so like Scoob, you know, <laughs> that, the other Shaggy. Um, for me, I'd say, I think there's definitely an argument you could that could be made there in terms of a respect level. That's right. If if you're a player and you've played at you know no, no disrespect to any clubs, if you've played at say a lower level, that's definitely right. If you've played on the world stage week in week out, people are going to not only respect you, but I think they're also going to try and live up to your standard. You have played at the highest level, and so they're going to want to match that. Um, and that's right. Maybe that does have a mental effect. That is a good question that could be asked. Moving on to story number two. Now, we're actually talking, Hope, about a man who continues to defy all expectations of him. I think one of the most amazing stories I've read, and I was completely moved by it, we're talking about a man called Zion Clark. Have you heard of him? I think I have. What's the sport? MMA. Ah, so I watched... Was he on the show with, in Las Vegas the other day with Paddy the Baddy for? No. No, okay. It was San Diego he was at. So, no, so Zion Clark, this was last night, so on Saturday night, I believe, a wrestler was born without a lower body and he actually defeated the, his first opponent by a unanimous decision in MMA. So he faced off against a guy called Eugene Murray in a pay-per-view fight on Saturday night and he he fought him and he, he doesn't have a lower body. He only has an upper upper abdomen. I'm very confused. Did the other opponent have that sort of situation? He beat an able-bodied man. Oh! He became the first ever person to beat an able-bodied person in MMA. So he only has, as I said, he, he doesn't have a lower half. He's only got sort of from his, um, I, I don't know whether it's ribs or his, his hips up, but, it, but it's just his, his I chest I mean, if he was born with that situation, then obviously he's not known anything different. But as someone who's watched MMA, the amount of, is it groffling, grappling they do? I forgot the word. Yeah, grappling. Yeah, grappling. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the, you normally it's the use yeah. your legs to wrap around people, and it, your legs oh. are so crucial to getting the the stoppage. 
So that's incredible. How? How? Hope it, it was it was absolutely amazing. So he beats this guy Eugene Murray. And was Eugene Murray good? By the way, is he actually ranked quite highly? Well, no. But even still, bearing in mind it was his first fight. So is you, you, your first fight? You're never going to fight someone that's absolutely enormous. And it's not it's not like top tier MMA from what I understood. It was just like a standard sort of fight. Um, Murray, I believe, has had four fights and was is yet to win. So that's the record that stood. And um, wasn't a bad fight though from the clips that I watched. But watching Zion. I mean, genuinely, it's it's amazing. It's absolutely incredible and so inspiring. Definitely worth watching for anyone out there if you can. You were saying, Hope, exactly about, about wrapping your legs. Now, it was fascinating watching Zion and how he used his arms as, as effectively as legs. His takedown involved grabbing um, grabbing Eugene's legs to then take him down, and his movement in terms of how he how he how he got around Eugene's body to like pin him down is amazing. It was just so cool. I've never seen anything like it. Um, and what amazed me more than anything was just his upper body strength. You know, when you watch him, he actually interestingly he actually holds the world record for the fastest twenty meter walk on his hands. So he that is his world record. He literally, like watching him, he is so fast. It was awesome. It was an awesome performance. You mentioned it being inspirational, Lewis, to all people. But if someone is born with their own disability, that kind of reassures them that they can do anything. They put their mind to it. Exactly. Yeah, Hope, it's it's incredible. And, you know, so Clark was actually born with a, a condition called caudal regression syndrome. Now, that impairs development of the lower spine. And so that means he was born without legs. So it is amazing to see what, Zion has done in terms of making it as a fighter and his dreams when you listen to them are awesome so as we've already said he holds the world record for the fastest meter walk bearing in mind by the way when you watch it it is insane like the speed at which he can walk on his hands is incredible it, it's 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 amazing so he's hoping um from what some articles were saying he's hoping for the 2024 Paralympics he'll be competing in wheelchair racing which is awesome and he also hopes to go into fight into UFC and so he was he said it's the same as it was uh, sorry it's the same as it was wrestling for me I wrestle against able-bodied people and I beat able-bodied people so his aim is going to be I think to go into UFC as a non-able-bodied person taking on able-bodied people it's a it's an amazing story so definitely worth keeping an eye on Zion to see how his career um, develops it's an interesting thing to match up because if he's fighting people who are able-bodied, that's going to do some psych that will affect the psyche of the per the opponent because one you would never have fought someone like that before. It's like when you train for a different skill set, someone's a switch hitter or something. You have to train. You might not have trained for it before, but you're never gonna you're never gonna have any sparring partners who could help you get ready for that fight. Um, but also the psyche, because you might think that not saying that he, not saying that there are disadvantages, but you might, as a able-bodied person, think, "Oh, I can't go as I can't fight how I normally would with this individual because he's not as he's not the same as me." Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to, I'm really trying not to say the wrong thing here, so that's why I'm saying really rumbly stuff. I hope you can get what I'm trying to say. No, I, I, no I completely understand, and and I think I think you're right. Even watching just talking about Eugene's stance, watching Eugene fight against him, he was like crouched over because you've got to remember too, for the majority of people, and actually all of the people that that I'm sure Eugene has fought would have been a similar height to him, as in on the same playing field. Whether they're slightly taller or not it makes little difference. When the difference is two, three, four feet 
it's massive, right? And and it does it does make a big difference. When you watch Eugene's stance, he's like he's bent over. And so I think in one sense that actually plays in Zion's favor because he knows how these people are going to operate because it's a as you said, a completely new skill set you have to you have to turn on in your brain in terms of going, no, I, I'm not facing someone here who's the same height as me. This is somebody who is going to be towards the ground. And actually, tactically, is very clever because Zion has the ability to literally with his arms, you know, so this is the thing. If you think, if you imagine it the other way around, if you were to go, so if we're standing opposite each other and then you try to tackle my legs, you will bend down. Whereas for Zion, because he's already on that level, he can get at your legs easily. So to to, to knock you over from your legs is a lot easier for Zion than it is for for Eugene because you you're going uh you you you're coming at it from a different angle. So it's really interesting and it'll be interesting to see how he gets on if he does go on to have a UFC career and um, if any rules are in place or anything like that. But for a first fight he was awesome and the crowd's reaction to when the unanimous decision was announced it was amazing um, Zion did some backflips the, the crowd's reaction was just great it was awesome. So really worth watching if you can to see some clips um because it was such a unique fight. I mean, the fact that it was pay-per-view for his first fight shows there was an interest. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And look, clearly there is going to be an excitement around him because the UFC has never had a fighter quite like him. And hopefully we do get to see him in the wheelchair racing at the 2024 Olympics alongside his world record, which is flipping awesome. So we're going to do story number three now. Now, something to keep your eyes on going into the new year. I thought we'd give a bit of a Christmassy feel. I thought we'd look ahead as well. We keep our eyes, as always, on the prize. Oh, oh! Eyes on the mince pies. <laughs> yes, eyes on the mince pie. We can clip that there. Eyes on the mince pies to 2023. Now, we're going to be talking about a new series which is coming out. So the producers of Netflix, they made Drive to Survive. Then if you heard of it, that was the F1 series. Very. Oh, I tried to watch that, you know, when I went for an F1 job. I couldn't get into oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I okay, didn't then. get that job, by the way. Oh, sad times. Oh. I know. Okay. And the thing is, right, I emailed them after a few weeks just chasing up because I think I, I thought I smashed it and they were really impressed yeah. with me. And like they went, took me through this race car at the Mercedes-Benz. Well, I can't remember if I told this on the podcast, but they took me, uh, this race car was there and they told me certain things about it and I had to recall it and then tell them it. And they were like, God, your memory recall is fantastic. I went, yeah, I might not know everything now, but I pick things up and if I want to do it, I'll become an expert in it, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I emailed them, was like, hey, any update? And then he rung me. I was like, oh yes, I've been ringing everybody to let them know. No, you haven't. You just rung me because I chased you asking for feedback. <laughs> you donut. I know your game. But yeah, I tried to watch that Netflix show and uh, it's not my cup of tea. No, that's for hope. That that's okay. And you know what? It's not for everybody. That's the thing. Drive to Survive certainly boosted the viewing figures for F1. People really got into it because of Drive to Survive. People that there were loads of fans now that are fans of F1. And if you asked them before Drive to Survive came out, they never watched F1 in their life. And that's the thing. These series are doing a massive thing. So the story goes that there's a big documentary that's coming out, well, series, which is going to be called Breakpoint, which is being premiered on January 13th. And that is an insight into the world of tennis. Ooh. Which is interesting because, of course... Can the- you please do your um, your best tennis grunt impression? Are we doing male or female? Because they're both they're different. They're like different, they're different sounds. I feel like either whichever one you want to do and showcase on the podcast, we're gonna, it's up to you. I'm going to have to back up a bit to do that because it's quite... Oh, here it goes. So no, got the reverse. It depends on... But some of them do... Go on, you do yours. That sounded like an old man who'd been to the pub. Ah! That was good. 
that was that was strong. That was strong. It feels weird doing it without actually having a tennis ball or racket in front of you. Just like make people next door are going, like, what are those two weirdos doing at home? <laughs> you go, <laughs> bizarre. Um, I mean, they yes. might have guesses, but that's not very PG. So let's move on. Um, yes, yeah. a great documentary. <laughs> exactly. So it will be looking into <laughs> it will be looking into the lives of the ATP and WTA tour for the 2022 season. So there are going to be some big names. Hope they're going to be featured. One of which we're going to talk about now is Mr. Nick. Kyrgios. Now, he's certainly someone that a lot of viewers are going to be wanting to watch because of his antics. Well, I was the door, wasn't That was just ghost a in the house. Um, quick um, question. What you yes. said WAT or something. What, what does that stand for? So the ATP is the men's and the WTA is the women's. But what does it stand for? WTA is Women's Tennis Association. I knew that. The ATP is the one that I can't remember. ATP stands for... Well, I just had in on the internet and it says Adostine 5 Trisosophates. I think that's um, chemistry, not the Association of Tennis Professionals. There you go. See, we all learned something new there, Lewis. We did. Me included. There you go. Sports Dummies, guys. This is what it's all about. Learning new things together. Arm in arm. And not being um, a sour cabbage about it. Yes. So the announcement from the co-CEO of Netflix, who's called Ted Sarandos, described live sports as dramatically expensive. Now, it's interesting, Hope, because going into the next year or the, and the years to come, we've obviously had Drive to Survive. That's been very popular. We've seen in football, they've released um, documentaries or series called All or Nothing, which is like an insight into footballers' work, the, like the lives of footballers and the football club specifically. Yes. Don't forget there's that new one as well. The Colleen Rooney and Thingy Vardy. Oh, yes, that's going to be, but exactly. So all of a sudden, documentary makers have realised the, the the popularity of sports, a bit like Mr. Ted has said. And so there's a new series apparently coming out about the Tour de France. There's going to be one coming out about the PGA Golf Tour. So it's like all of a sudden you've got all these sports documentaries coming out because of the money that's being pumped into the world of sport. So very interesting. So if you are a tennis fan, it's going to feature ATP players, which is the men's, the men's uh, section, with people like Nick Kyrgios and Matteo Berrettini from the women's game, my favourite tennis player um, from the yeah the women's WTA is Ons Jabeur. She's going to be in it. Maria Sakara is in it, and Paula Badosa are some included. So should be interesting. Will be interesting to see because there's obviously a lot of controversy with people like Nick Kyrgios. So it'll be interesting to see about the kind of the behind the scenes of his life. But on top of that. It will be very interesting to actually look into the lives of tennis players because a lot of the time people say, oh, they practice this once a year and like the life's really easy and all that. So actually people will Who finally see what... Oh, lots of people do hope. Because the, because tennis tournaments are infrequent and say there's like five or six a year, I'm not saying they're easy, but people say that because you can earn so much money in tennis tournaments, people just, people go, oh, tennis, it's like, oh, it's a sport that you rock up for and you can lose and you get loads of money. That, that, you know, and it's a stereotype sport in terms of the fans. People say, oh, you know, don't go to the tennis. Which actually, tennis isn't really like that at all. That's just a, a silly stereotype. So I hope that it will put a stamp on some of the stereotypes that come with tennis. Um, and I'm looking forward to watching it. So January 13th, people want to note down in the diary. Two things. Yes. <laughs> do you love how I always do that, by the way? Every time. Without, without fail, it's brilliant. And it's never just one thing, is it? No, you've always got two. You've always yeah. got two. Okay. First one. I didn't know the lady out of question of sport was a tennis player. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's yeah. a tennis player. I love that She show. retired this year. You know what's weird about that? Yeah. Out of my time, I don't know it at all, and it's because it just it, it just wasn't my it wasn't my time. Oh, see, that's my childhood. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Is the difference? And yeah. match of the day. 
Well, we matched the day calls. Boom, 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 boom. That's I'm off. Um, and the second thing I wanted to say was yes, <gasps> another show on Netflix that not always sport related. I don't think. But it is about people doing amazing things. Um, and someone told me about it the other day. It's called The Human Playground. Oh, and yeah. essentially, it, it follows people who are doing extraordinary things. And there was a lady in the episode that I watched. I mean, I soon turned it off because I was at my friend's house and we were looking for something really jolly and funny. And it just wasn't the right vibe. It, looked, it was good, but not the right vibe. And it was a lady who, um, she had a car, a motorbike accident when she was younger and lost her leg. And she was older but she was running the hardest marathon in the world, which is through the desert. Wow. And people were dying because it's like people do it every year, like thousands of people, but not many people make it to the finish line. I think the stat was something like a thousand people race and 40 people make it Wow! over the finish line. Uh, lots of people have to quit halfway through. And in the episode, someone had had a cardiac arrest and died. Goodness so me. that's it. If you're, if you're looking for something interesting to watch, that's a, a documentary about people doing extraordinary things, the human playground. There you go, people. That's one to recommend. So there you go. That's something to watch over Christmas if you don't know what to watch. Equally, another there's there's loads of stuff. If you haven't watched any basketball documentaries, new documentary has come out called Last Chance You, which is kind of oh, a bit of a I don't know how to explain that. It's a hard one. Oh, again, a bit of an insight into into um, the world of sport in America. We've spoken about it before. Hope they, they've released series two of the of the series, which is called um, Last Chance You Basketball, which is the basketball feature. So they've done Last Chance You NFL American Football and Last Chance You Basketball. Um, now, this is a brand new set of players and stuff, but same coach. Should be really interesting. I love the series, the first one. It was amazing. And it basically looks at players who are on the brink of kind of quitting basketball. And it's that basically the last chance to become a professional basketball player. Do they make it? Do they not? Um, so, yeah, there you go. Worth watching if you are a basketball fan. I was watching the boxing last night. Big up Dan Aziz, by the way. He won his fight in excellent style. Um, but in the breaks, there was Sky Sports advert saying that NBA is on on Christmas Day. Yes, that is very famous for NBA. NBA Christmas Day. There are loads of games. And funny enough, loads of fans actually go. It's quite a big thing in America, going to the sports on Christmas Day. What a Bron James's family. <laughs> Every year. No, but you know what? They'll be loving it, wherever they are. I don't know if they're in LA this year. I'm, I'm not sure. We can have a look right now. I, Do they wear Christmas jumpers? They normally will hope. they. I don't know about this year, but in previous years, they have they have Christmas jerseys. So they will have like Christmas font and stuff on them to make it a bit more Christmassy. Let's have a look. At Good. That's what it's all about. Uh, while Lewis is searching that up, if you're listening to this, I always say that if you're listening to this, we both say that. And obviously they're listening to this, otherwise they wouldn't hear us. <laughs> yeah. So we need to stop saying that. It's really silly. Anyway, at home, you listening, uh, do you have any traditions that you do over the Christmas period, the festive season, that are sport related? Maybe you all go with the family to watch the football on Boxing Day or maybe you, I don't know, watch the basketball. Let us know. Give us an email, sportsdummiespodcast at gmail.com absolutamente merry christmas to all of our listeners and a happy new year thank you so much for always tuning in all the support and all the love we really appreciate it and for sure we'll have a little christmas episode or that's the awkward thing i hope because this is the thing what do you call the period between christmas and new year there's that awkward couple of days where it's not a lot mm. going on a bit of a lull maybe at that point we'll come up with we'll, in fact at that point we're going to come up with a new name for that period of time. And we're going to right, there's a job for Lewis because I'm not very creative at names. But what I, what I will say is the 30th of December is nearly coming and that is when we're going to open up that pot that we started, the collection pot. So if you are feeling generous and you do want to say, oh, thanks Hope and Lewis for making great content, then the link is in the bio or wherever you're watching this for the collection pot if you want to give us a, a quid. We'd love that. Thank you. I, Even I, actually, 50p. 
I want to buy a uh, with the money a new mic muff. Branded. There you go. That's what I've got my eyes set on. What we want. We want. Look, guys. It, it would mean the world if you could do that. Of course, anything, anything. Um, as Tesco said, anything will we'll do. As Annie said. All right, time to go. All right, thanks. Yes, I'm all going the back, love, people. back to my wrapping. Bye. Yeah. Love you. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.